0: CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.
1: There's an old saying in pulp mill towns that the odor rising from the smokestacks is the smell of money. But exposure to high concentrations of those chemicals can be dangerous and life-altering. And construction workers in Dryden, Ontario, say they're still paying the price for working right next to the smoke plume two decades ago.
2: This place has caused so much damage to so many people. Sad. It must be hard for you. Yes.
1: For the first time in 18 years, Jim Littleford and his wife Donna are back in Dryden, Ontario. A town that still haunts them because of this pulp and paper mill. just destroyed so many families, it's a horrible place, absolutely horrible place. A mill that's been in this community for more than a hundred years. In 2002, Weyerhaeuser, an American company, owned the mill and decided to build a $300 million recovery boiler. Its purpose? To reduce air emissions spewing from the paper mill into the town. Workers say Weyerhaeuser never slowed down the mill. It was running full tilt, right beside that construction site, which had iron workers, boiler makers and pipe fitters hard at work, all breathing in those fumes.
3: One of the dirtiest places I've ever worked.
1: Jim Littleford was hired as an electrician for the build.
3: Dirty, very dirty. I've worked in, I'd say, just about every paper mill that was around northwestern Ontario over the years. Dryden was one of the dirtiest. There was fumes coming into the recovery boiler building from the existing mill, and as they got up higher, it started pouring straight out of the stack into the side of the building.
1: And guys are working in that building? Yeah right in line of those fumes.
3: I was, the stairwell I was working in, the part behind me, the outside wall was tarps.
1: These workers, tasked with installing equipment to reduce pollution, say they were left in the smoke, unnecessarily exposed to surrounding stacks.
3: The whole building was full of chemicals at all, almost all the time.
1: And what did that do to you, Jim?
3: Made me sick lots, twice, I guess, overcome with fumes. Passed out. I just came to in the lunchroom and I had an oxygen mask on.
1: When the construction project was announced, Northern Ontario was in a resource slump, with an unemployment rate hovering around 9%. The warehouser project was a much needed paycheck. Workers from every trade were desperate for jobs.
4: The 90s were very slow around here, very poor saw mills have closed down, the mines have dwindled.
1: At the time, John O'Malley was the business agent for the iron workers union.
4: We were not satisfied with the safety.
1: He was part of the pre-job negotiations and had serious concerns.
4: The new boiler house was going above the stack. would be rising higher than the existing stack. The mill was going to continue to run. So the stack would be belching uh, a plume, you know, 24 hours a day.
1: John says he was the only one who tried to deter his workers. He pushed the company for answers about the potentially toxic environment.
4: The whole attitude of Weyerhaeuser was, you're lucky to be working. That was the attitude. If you don't like it, you know, we'll find somebody else.
1: John claims Weyerhaeuser ignored his safety concerns and his iron workers needed jobs.
4: When the men picked up their uh, slip to go to work there, I would advise them. Whatever you do, do not work in that plume. It's too dangerous. Avoid it.
1: The massive construction project went ahead. Weyerhaeuser hired external safety consultants, and each union also nominated a safety representative. One of their many tasks was to test for dangerous gas levels on site.
5: The smoke that was coming out was coming right in our faces. What do you do? You need work. We needed work back then.
1: Wayne Guder was a safety rep for the electricians. So what kind of training does a safety rep get? Uh,
5: safety, be safe. I'm I'm not a professional, I, uh, what do you call, certified safety guy. I was just next on the list to be hired. You're going to be a safety guy.
1: Nothing else? Nope. No videos, no nope. walk? Nope. So what do you do with that title?
5: What do I do with that? Be safe, keep an eye on everybody else and try to give them a safe work environment, which was hard to do in a, in a place like
1: that, right? Is that enough to be protecting no. hundreds oh. of workers? No, no, no. Wayne claims he was only given two hours to perform his safety duties every day. He says that wasn't enough. Let's talk about, um, the smoke and the plume that was coming across to where a lot of the electricians were working. Uh, What were your testers saying about that?
5: uh, Basically nothing because it was mixed in with the air, right? And that's what they kind of count on, that waffing. It's going like this, up and the smoke's going up and down. You'll get a little blast of it. Is it it enough to, uh, you know, is it a long enough period for your detector to pick it up? Because that detector just doesn't say all of a sudden, bam, here you go, right? It needs a little bit to register and then...
1: And you could never get a sustained level?
5: Uh, I'd get readings. Uh, I'd watch it, it'd go up and down.
1: This home video, shot by a worker, shows when the wind was blowing away from them. But the problem was when an unpredictable southwest wind blew the plume directly their way without warning. At times, workers claim busloads of them had to be rushed to the hospital for oxygen because they were overcome by the fumes. Uh,
3: A friend of mine told me that the last day he was there, there was 58 guys sitting in the waiting room. So they give you oxygen in the uh, lobby and send you back to work. My uh, safety guy at the time had a slip and he wrote on it, given oxygen and RTW, which is return to work, you just went You came to you got up and you went right back to work
1: didn't you feel weird about that
3: yeah you could either quit or go back to work
1: several times in 2003 workers had enough and walked off the job the ministry of labor and independent safety consultants were called in to test the air quality other than a few exceptions they found all readings for carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, and hydrogen sulfide were below detectable limits.
3: It was three, four hours sometimes before a tester would show up and we were told to stay there until, until they came and tested.
1: What happens if you don't? You're fired. You're fired because of that?
3: Yeah, if you, don't, if you refuse work, unless you have a, a, a test that says it's a, an unworkable area, you can be fired.
1: Halfway through the project, the ministry mandated changes, adding new air monitoring equipment, retraining testers, and re-educating workers on evacuation plans. Proper respirators were also handed out, but workers were still getting sick.
5: There was enough calls to the Ministry of Labour that they sent their people from Toronto. I walked into that meeting, I took one step in that door, Somebody grabbed me by the scruff of the neck, pulled it to their face and said, you are not going to say anything, you're going to sit down and you're going to keep your mouth shut.
1: They threatened you?
5: Yeah, got me rattled.
1: Wayne claims a foreman pressured him to keep quiet.
5: It startled me to the point that I couldn't tell you what went on in that meeting. Uh, all we wanted to know was the, the cumulative effect of all these gases, you take all these gases, you put them in a bottle, you breathe them for 10 hours a day, what's gonna happen? They couldn't give us an answer because they don't know.
1: This Freedom of Information request has pages upon pages of workers complaining about being unwell and demanding answers from the Ontario government, safety consultants and warehouser. We found a ministry representative responding to their concerns saying, Not all gases have exposure limits. We are doing the best we can and ensuring the limits that are in place are not exceeded. There are a lot of unknowns. Dr. Noel Karen tried to make sense of these unknowns. He evaluated hundreds of workers four years after the project was over.
0: What jumped out immediately was changes to their functioning as people, their memory, they weren't as sharp.
1: He specializes in occupational and environmental medicine and was a medical consultant for the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers, or OCAL, which also looked at the long list of chemicals present at the work site. There's sulfur dioxide, sulfuric acid, ammonia, hydrogen sulfide. I mean, the list is huge.
0: One major inhalation of hydrogen sulfide can kill you. And some of these people actually with one inhalation at the work site in Dryden collapsed, they fainted.
1: The medical doctor was also concerned about the mixture of chemicals he calls a cocktail.
0: It was a kind of complex uh, smokestack emissions group. But when you pick through them, you say, what are the lethal issues or what are the, isu- uh, the chemicals that's most likely to damage a worker's health?
1: W5 also obtained documents where Warehouser contracted exposure experts at the end of the project to do their own analysis. They found the concentration for all contaminants to be below current Ministry of Environment guidelines and standards. Still, local papers started covering stories of workers being sick, with some even claiming they were dying. Ocow decided to investigate, setting up this intake clinic Of the 388 workers separately examined, clusters of problems emerged. More than half reported fatigue, almost 200 experienced memory loss, and dozens had problems sleeping and mood swings.
0: Dryden workers were poisoned by chemicals. That's clear. The science supports that opinion and the symptoms and signs that we found in those workers further substantiated it.
3: Coming up. You're just a number to an employer.
0: Trying to speak out on the job. If
3: you get sick, they'll replace you.
0: When W5 continues.
1: In the majestic expanse of Ontario's forest country lies a paper mill that's been around for more than a century. An economic powerhouse that at times had more than a thousand jobs, enough to help create the small city of Dryden. But some who came looking for opportunity are full of rage today.
2: I wish that it had burned down. I wish it had be destroyed. I hate that mill. I curse it.
1: Diane Corvo lost the love of her life in 2012. Brian was a steel worker, used to working in risky situations, usually high above the ground. He was part of the massive construction project to keep toxic and smelly fumes out of Dryden.
2: He loved his job. He was a connector. and
1: happy to get up and go to work in the morning.
2: other love of his life was (laughs) steel,
1: climbing the steel, (laughs) being up there. Right. But Brian's love for the job changed at the Dryden Mill.
2: He said it had to be one of the worst times in his life to be on a job. He says, with the guys dropping left, right and centre, he said it was so bad. He says, he couldn't breathe.
1: So what happened when Brian started to work at Dryden? What did you notice?
2: Everything about him changed. He started getting wobbly, shaky, not able to sleep.
1: So you'd be right beside him? Yeah. And and feel like something was wrong or that he wasn't breathing anymore?
2: Well, I'd get so scared. I'd have to jab him and jab him to wake him up. And he wouldn't wake up, but he'd finally take a deep breath and breathe in.
1: Brian was not alone. Workers from many trades claim that mill made them sick. And now, after almost two decades, they're demanding answers. Did you or your loved one that worked at the warehouse or mill experience health problems while they were there? Okay, a lot of hands up. W-5 convened a virtual town hall for former workers, their advocates, and the loved ones left behind. The symptoms are eerily similar.
2: Uh, Memory loss, um, fatigue. It affected mostly gastrointestinal and uh, memory issues. Definitely more fatigue, bloody noses, coughing up blood. That's
1: scary. Very scary. Right up till his death. Did your health continue to get worse after the project was done? Yeah, many people with their hands up there as well. Okay.
5: By the time I was laid off, you know, I could go a flight and a half of stairs and I would pretty much have to sit down, right? Uh,
2: I'd never never seen um, such a quiet work site during breaks. Uh, There wasn't a person that was not sleeping during a 15 minute coffee break or a half-an-hour lunch break or a 15-minute coffee break in the afternoon.
0: It was unbelievable, so...
1: And that's, Dave, um, help me understand, like, that's very abnormal for a work site? That is
0: very, very unusual.
5: I would blame Warehouser for not providing a safe workplace.
1: After all this time, Diane Corvo also blames Warehouser.
2: There was a safety meeting. Nobody would speak up, so Brian stepped forward. And, and told them, this can't go on. He goes to work the next day, he come home right away. I said, he was constructively laid off immediately. The he was
1: laid day. off right after he spoke up. Yep,
2: yeah, right the next day. He said, for me opening my mouth, son, he says, uh, I got canned.
1: Brian's symptoms, shaking and trouble breathing got worse. Diane had to care for him day and night. It's still too much for her to process.
2: Pardon me. Uh, I'm sorry.
1: It's okay.
2: He wasn't able to work after. Just after? After the mill. The mill. He couldn't work anymore.
1: That's how bad it was.
2: That's how bad it got, like, now.
1: The couple applied for workers' compensation but didn't get a dime.
3: I thought I was getting screwed.
1: Jim Littleford, an electrician on the project, was also denied workers' compensation. He coped with short-term memory loss immediately after the job. But a decade later, his health took a turn for the worse.
3: It was getting really, really bad. And it just kept getting worse up until uh, the time I had my first seizure at work. And then it got so bad I couldn't remember hardly anything day to day.
1: At 52, he had to completely stop working. Were you ever diagnosed with anything officially?
3: Uh, Chronic toxic encephalopathy, It's CTE.
1: CTE, commonly known in the sports world for traumatic head injuries, can also be a toxic brain injury caused by repeated exposure to chemicals. THIS IS THE DOCTOR THAT GAVE OUT THAT CONTROVERSIAL DIAGNOSIS.
0: ONE OF THE MOST LONELIEST TIMES IN MY PROFESSIONAL LIFE.
1: LONELY BECAUSE PROVING THESE MEN WERE POISONED AT THE MILL IS NOT AN EXACT SCIENCE. BUT DR. KAREN, A MEDICAL CONSULTANT FOR OCOW, SAYS THERE COULD HAVE BEEN MORE PRECAUTIONS FROM THE START. IS THERE ANY EXPLANATION WHY EVERY MINISTRY OF LABOR TEST SHOWED ACCEPTABLE LEVELS OF EXPOSURE?
0: BUT CERTAINLY, Finding negative tests reassured a lot of people there was false security in that. Your duty in health and safety would be to go above and beyond and ask maybe a couple more questions.
1: Dr. Karen says the ministry and companies can turn a blind eye to worker safety because Canadian data for the combined effects of chemicals doesn't exist.
0: We have nothing in Canada that did any studies on pulp and paper mill emissions.
1: So it doesn't surprise you that people are still struggling 20 years later.
0: I've no doubt that if you have brain damage from a toxic agent, your ability to make clear decisions about your future are hampered, they're compromised. It's tragic beyond belief, shouldn't have happened. There was no need for it.
1: Supported by two independent physicians and a neurologist, Dr. Karen's final diagnosis recommended that 162 workers out of the 388 examined had CTE and should be compensated. Ontario's Workplace Safety and Insurance Board disagreed, even though they acknowledge a cohort exposure problem on their website and compensated more than 200 people, but they ultimately rejected the CTE diagnosis, claiming. There is no evidence of exposure to significant levels of chemicals to make a clear link. We also wanted to know why the Ontario government never shut down the Dryden project, even though so many people were getting sick. We asked the labour minister for an interview. His office never got back to us, but the ministry did send us guidelines about shutting down a workplace. It includes toxicity, concentration of contaminants, and the immediate hazard posed to employees. It appears workers getting sick is not enough. Workers blame Warehouser, the owner of the mill at the time, for not providing a safe working environment from the beginning. We reached out to corporate headquarters in Seattle to ask about details of the construction project. Warehouser responded, saying, we do not have any information on this project since Warehouser sold almost 15 years ago. All of the relevant documents regarding its operation went to the next owner with the sale. But when we asked about allegations of an unsafe work site, Weyerhaeuser didn't return our repeated emails or calls.
3: You're just a number to an employer. If you get sick, they'll replace you. They'll bring in another person and use him up until they're uh, disposed of and another one brought in.
1: Did you ever think about quitting?
3: I know my wife wanted me to quit. Kind of felt like a hostage there. It was just too good of money to to just quit and have nothing coming in. I wish now I would have quit.
1: OCAL, that's the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers who made the early diagnosis of health impacts, is now reinvestigating the long-term impact.
0: You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.